And uh, don't forget, church, we invite you for the Good Friday service, which will be at 11.30 in this place. And then Easter Sunday will be 11. So the Friday, 11.30. Sunday, we will be back at 11. So in this time, God, we... God wants us to use the time and opportunity to build strength. You know, um, when we see at a high-rise building like the one that we see here, the strength of that building is underneath. The strength that is unseen, that's the real strength. What we see, which is high and maybe very nice, but it does not determine the strength. Just like the same with us. Maybe we look good. Maybe we also involve in serving the Lord. But what is seen doesn't determine our strength. Now what happened is your strength will be determined when the storm comes. Even in Psalm it says, when the storm comes, after it's done, the righteous will stand firm. So your strength, which is unseen, will be tested in times of storms. And we are given a time right now to build strength because storms are coming. They are surely come. Maybe some people right now we see when they prepare, sometimes they also build bunker. You know, bunker is also unseen, right? It's deep down. It's not being seen above. And that's what God wants us to build. So the purpose of the Word of God this morning is that we need to build strength by acting on God's Word. And it's really our day-to-day -day lives. Only each one of us will know, do we have the teaching of Jesus Christ in our lives? Does it really being there in our lives day by day? So we will look from Ezra chapter 1 until 3. And you know, uh, the book of Ezra is being opened up by the word of prophecy. So last month we see that God wants us to be strong by the word of prophecy. Because what God has spoken into your life, it brings power. Just like God says to the one who is lame, get up. So that word that is spoken, it has power to the one who hears. And that word, strengthen his legs that he could 
get up. Now the book of Ezra is being started by how God announced 150 years before that he will rise up a king named Cyrus and he will use this king to send his people back to Jerusalem in order to build the house of God in Jerusalem. Now that word that was being spoken 150 years before, it needs to be acted on. So now we see in that, um, if you, you can put up the map. So God stirs up the hearts of the people that is being dispersed. In the Bible, God always talks about a remnant. And that is true of what happened. Not all the Israelites came back to Jerusalem, but only a remnant. Those whose heart is being stirred. They took the journey, maybe more than four months journey, to go back to Jerusalem. And in order to do that, they have to leave behind the comfort zone. Because even though they were being exiled, but they've been there for like 70 years. And the time being 70 years, you've already settled down. You have houses, you have work, you have jobs. It's already comfort. But then for the word of God, for the word of prophecy to be fulfilled, we cannot just, okay, God, Thank you for the word. I'll just wait for it to happen. And we just do nothing. And that's not how it works. When we receive the word of God, we need to act upon it. We need to pray about it. We need to study. We need to know how. What should we do? So number one, how to build strength. Maybe God has spoken words of promises into your life. But it's time to act upon it. You have to pray for the word to happen in your family, in your children, in your life. So we have to act on his word by leaving the comfort zone. And in order to do this, sometimes, you know, not only sometimes, I'm sorry. We need to be united. We need to be together, just like this. Why do we come to church? Because we need to be strengthened by one another. Spiritual journey is not a lonely journey. It's walking together with the body of Christ. With the family of God. Can you imagine a baby without a family? That's a hopeless baby. Just like our faith. If we want to grow, we want to be established, be strong, we need a family. So now let's read from Ezra 1 verse 5. It says, 
and the chiefs of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites and all whose spirit God had raised rose up to go up to build the house of Jehovah, which is in Jerusalem. This is the interesting thing when I read about this, you know, the tribes that is being mentioned is only Judah and Benjamin. That is the southern kingdom. Israelites have been divided into two kingdoms, the northern and southern, ten tribes and two tribes. But even after that, after they were being exiled, and now they come back as a remnant, what is being mentioned is only Judah and Benjamin, besides Levites. When you think about it, Judah means to praise God. Levi means to cling to God. If you want to be a remnant, those that are left is the one that keeps praising the Lord. Those who cling to the Lord are those that will be a remnant. In other words, those who will stand strong after the storms are the ones who know to praise the Lord in the midst of the storm. Because the Bible says, if you want to see good days, if you want to have a good life, let your mouth speak what is good. So if our mouth speaks about praising to God, we magnify, oh Lord, thank you, Lord Jesus. Even though this is like a blunder, but you put a limit, thank you, God. So you will reap good from your mouth. But if with our mouth we start complaining, we start criticizing, then we will reap from our mouth what is not good. So if we want to be the remnant, we need to act upon it. We need to leave our comfort zone. We need to become those that are willing to go and in order to build the house of God. So this remnant had a purpose in their heart and mind. I want to go back with a purpose to build the house of God in Jerusalem. So, the act starting with the first step to go. Once you go, you start in obedience. And number two, what happens when they arrived in Jerusalem? Ezra 3, verse 2 and 3, it says, And Jeshua, the son of Josadak, stood up, and his brothers, the priests, and Serubabel, the son of Shaltiel, and his brothers. And they built the altar of the God of Israel in order to offer burnt offerings on it, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. And they set the altar on its basis for fear 
was on them because of the people of those countries. And they offered burnt offerings on it to Jehovah, burnt offerings both morning and evening. So number two, after you act, after you step out of your comfort zone, what they do is they start building the altar. This is the first thing that they do. Because the altar means sacrifice. And whenever we read in the Old Testament, when Abraham built the altar, everywhere he journeyed, he started to build the altar to God. And there, God came and fellowship with them. So the altar, what is the altar? The altar is a symbol of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. When we realize, you know, you cannot come to the cross without humility to confess that you are a sinner. When we come to the cross, it's required that you confess, Lord, this is all because of me. I am a sinner, but you took my place. So the altar is talking about repentance. And don't ever think that, oh, I'm already good enough. But as we grow closer with the Lord, God will keep revealing things. God will keep purifying things from our hearts, our minds, our behavior. That repentance daily is very important. So coming to the altar of God, maybe it's a fellowship with the Lord that you need to mend. Maybe there was a broken relationship and many times when we feel like, oh, I've seek the Lord but I don't hear anything and we were discouraged. We feel like, oh, I'm not worthy. I'm just leaving. Well, God, I'm not worthy to come to you and we stop praying. And that's exactly the trick of the devil. He said, you are bad. You've done so many bad things. God is angry. He is not pleased with you. So we run away. But instead, God wants us to build the altar again. At whatever juncture in our lives, we need to Come to that place, coming to the altar again. And exactly because they were in fear of the people surrounding them. Now they are a minority. And all those people have been living in those places around Jerusalem longer than them. And they fear. And this is a good place, actually, when you have problems, when you have fear. That's a good time when we need to run to God. 
And there are two prophets during that time of the exiles coming back to Jerusalem to build the house of God. One of them is Zechariah, the other is Haggai. So in Zechariah 4, verse 6, it says, Then he answered and spoke to me, saying, This is the word of Jehovah to Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says Jehovah of hosts. So when the people being so discouraged, they just want to build the house of God. And all these enemies around them, they just rose up and they tried to stop the building of the temple. You know, one thing that the devil is intimidated by is when we start to build the house of God inside of us. Now the temple is in you. That's one thing that the devil starts to be scared about when you start to, okay, Lord, I want to do quiet time with you. I want to commit to have a devotional time with you. I want to spend time in prayer. That's when the devil tries his heart to stop you. But here, God sent a prophet. He says, even though you are weak, you feel weak in front of all this opposition around you. Listen, it's not by your might, it's not by your power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts, the heavenly hosts. So God is saying, it's good if you have the desire to build the house of God in your life. It's good. It's good when you already want to step out of your comfort zone, but do not try it on your own power. Do not rely on your religion. Do not rely on how good you are. Because you will fail. And many times have we failed. It's time to say, Lord Jesus, I need you. It's so easy, it's so simple. God says, just spend time with me. But it's so fiercely fought. And you only win the battle by the Spirit of the Lord of hosts. So you need to come in total dependence. Lord, please help me. And God who knows, God who tests your heart, he knows your desire and he will help. And number three, how to build the strength is not only acting on God's word, it's not only building the altar, but now you need to start having the foundation for the house of God. 
Ezra 3, verse 10 and 11. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of Jehovah, they set the priests in their robes with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals, to praise Jehovah according to David, king of Israel. And they sang, praising and giving thanks to Jehovah because he is good, for his mercy endures forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised Jehovah because the foundation of the house of Jehovah was laid. And let's continue, verse 12. But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers, ancient men or old men who had seen the first house, when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice, and many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not tell the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was heard afar off. Now the moment that they put the foundation in the, of the house of the Lord is in the second month, which is the month of Sif. And interestingly, exactly how the first temple which King Solomon built the foundation was laid in the second month. That's amazing how God knows the right time. And the second month of Sif, it means brightness, to shine. So if God wants to shine in our lives, how do we do? How do we accomplish that? It says that the people, when they here in verse 11, when they already put the foundation, they sang, praising, giving thanks to Jehovah. You will shine, you will shine bright when you start praising God. You know the word praise from the word halal, where you get hallelujah. Hallelujah means halal to yah. Hallelujah. Halal means to make it right, to shine. Isn't that interesting? The second month, which means brightness, and you do that by praising God. There's no other way people will see the glory of God if we keep on complaining and grumbling. Right? But when people see, how come he has so many problems? Maybe somebody taking his money, but he's not taking revenge, but he say, praise the Lord. God is still in control. When we praise the Lord, then we shine his praise. And we see it's not only praise, but the word that is being repeated here in Ezra chapter 3 is shout. Shouted with a great shout until the voice was heard 
far off. But before we come to the shout, let's see first about those who weep. Because there are some who shouted and some who wept. But then it was so loud. Okay. You can, you know, when there is weeping and there is shouting, who win? <laughs> of course, the shout will win, right? And we'll see in Haggai. Haggai 2, verse 3 and 4. Haggai is another prophet that God rose up during those times. Who is left among you who saw this house in her first glory? So the picture is the illustration of the first temple that Solomon built with all the gold inside. And how do you see it now? When compared to it, is it not as nothing in your eyes? Verse 4, Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, says Jehovah, and be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and be strong, all people of the land, says Jehovah, and work, for I am with you, says Jehovah of hosts. And then continue in verse 9, And the glory of this latter house shall be greater than that of the former, says Jehovah of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, says Jehovah of hosts. So God is sending the voice of God through his prophet, saying that when you see the second temple now, it looks like as nothing compared to the first temple. Yes, it's true. But yet, God already put his word of prophecy that he will build the house of God in Jerusalem. So what is the message here? The message is the house of God will not lay in ruins, but God will rebuild the house of God. And the second temple finally is being built, but Jesus... Jesus prophesied the second temple is about 300 BC. But Jesus say, looking at the second temple, not one stone will be left on another. It will all will be destroyed. And it happened in 70 AD. It's all gone by the Romans. So what is God talking about? The glory of this latter house shall be greater. Now the temple of God now is you, the church. And God also said through the prophets that in the latter days, he will pour out his spirit upon all people. So there is coming a time the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we will see, it will be much greater than anything that we have seen before. It will be more glorious. But now the temple of God is within you. And then one day, we will come to heaven, to the eternal temple of God 
which is far more glorious than anything. So the message God is saying, you need to build the house of God. It's not supposed to be in ruins. Now the house of God is within each one of you. Is there the foundation? Is the teaching of Christ in your life? The foundation, the cornerstone is Jesus. And on it is being built by the prophets and the apostles. So we need to have that foundation of Jesus. And what is the teaching of Jesus? If you read, it's only being summed up in one sentence. What is it? Love one another. That sums up the whole Bible. What is to love one another? It's not about feelings. Oh, I feel love. But love means to walk in His commandments. It's about acting on. It's about walking your life. And let's see here. I want to focus on this one thing that becomes the ending that is so great about the foundation is being laid. Is the shout of the people, which is so great. Maybe some people, when they wept, they remember that the first temple in all this glory is all being inlaid by gold. Do you all have house here that is being inlaid by gold? Um, not that I know of, maybe here. But the temple of Solomon is all gold. That's why the enemy is trying to take it off by burning it and they take the gold off. And they wept. Because why? Such a great temple. Magnificent. And the name of God, God says, I will dwell there. That's the one place on the place of the earth that I choose to build and dwell. But because of sins, the one place that God chose to dwell is being destroyed. Be careful the consequences of sins. Maybe we think, oh, it's only lying. It's only small sins. But all sins will end up in destruction. And they wept. They remember, oh, it's because we sin against God. That, that great first temple was destroyed and we were being exiled to all the nations and they wept and they also wept remembering how God in his goodness God commands a Gentile king Cyrus to send the Israelites back to Jerusalem to build the house of God So all those weeping is weeping of repentance. 
past, but it's not enough. What win is not the weeping? What win is the shout? And we will see in Psalms 27 verse 6. And now, lifted up is my head. I took this from a young literal translation. Above my enemies, my surrounders, and I sacrifice in his tent sacrifices of shouting. So this is the same word that is being used in Ezra, teruah. I sing, yeah, I sing praise to Jehovah. So God wants, we bring not only sacrifice of our lives, not only sacrifice, maybe we give offering to God, but God wants us to sacrifice of shouting. You know, sometimes when we come to church, we say like, oh, I don't feel like singing. <laughs> Maybe let just this, the worship leader already sung beautifully. The singers sang very good. And we just look and... But God wants us to bring sacrifice. Even though you don't feel like it, sacrifice means something that you pay with the cost. You don't feel like it, but you do it because you want to give to God. And God is asking not only singing, not only giving to God, but shout. So, I hope you will know God more today that He's not only Okay, let's worship God. And actually, uh, since the pandemic, we sing more of mellow songs, right? And that's not the whole picture. God, surely there are times when we need to be in quietness. Just focusing maybe in tears. But there are times God wants the church to shout. That's why when maybe some of you shout, Hallelujah! Don't do this. Like, who is that shouting? <laughs> because it's in the Word of God. God wants us to give sacrifices of shout. So now let's see the word teruah. What does it mean? It's alarm, signal, sound of tempest. Now, tempest is not a small sound. It's a big sound. Shout, shout or blast of war. Can you imagine in the war and you just say, let's go. And who will hear you in the war? In the war, you have to shout. Sorry, I was also taken by shouting now. <laughs> and it says, it's a war cry. It's a battle cry. No one in the battle, no commander in the battle will say, go. Commander will say, go. Or even shouting because the whole army needs to hear the command. So this is the kind of shout that the people we're shouting. 
And if you think about this, it's amazing. God is so different. You know, He wants His people to shout because the joy of the Lord is your strength. There is time for weeping, for mourning, but the joy of the Lord is your strength. So this is shout of joy. And the word teruah is from the root ruah. And if you see the meaning of ruah, it means to mar, especially by breaking. The sound was like so loud that it breaks. And it, feel, it means figuratively to split the ears. So this is the word of God. To split the ears with a shout. So let's not follow all oh, this. This is this tradition, that tradition. Let's follow the word of God. God wants this shout. Why? Now the question, why he wants this kind of shout? Before that, we see Psalm 1055. Praise him with symbols of sounding. Praise him with symbols of shouting. Now, if you read in the Indonesian, it doesn't really uh, translate it well. Because it says, Pujilah Tuhan dengan ceracap yang berdenting dan dengan ceracap yang berdentang. Berdenting, berdentang. It doesn't do justice to symbols of shouting. Symbols. That's the drum. You see the symbols? So God wants us to praise Him with the symbols, not only zzz, but this one symbols of shouting. There are times when God wants that sound. Psalm 89 verse 15, Blessed is the people that knows the joyful sound or the joyful shout. Is the same word, teruah. They shall walk, O Jehovah, in the light of your face. When we know what God wants, when we know how to shout for God, He says, blessed. You will be blessed. Why? Why we will be blessed? Psalm 333. This is another command before we see why. It says, sing to him a new song, play skillfully with or amid, in the midst of shouts of joy. So this is a command. We need to sing. Why? Because that's the weapon in your mouth. If the weapon in your mouth, you never use it. Oh, how can you win? Sing, play with shouts of joy. What we can describe this shout, maybe what we know is all those people in the soccer game, right? In the stadium. When we come, when they come to watch their teams, and when they win, they were like so ready to shout. And not only shouting, they will just, wave their flag and dance 
and it's a command. God is giving us a command to sing, to play with joyful shout. And this is the reason why. Psalm 47 verse 6. God has gone up with a shout. Jehovah with the sound of a trumpet or shofar. Because when you praise God, God is being enthroned. And when you shout, you give sacrifice of shout. It says, God has gone up. In Isaiah, it says, God rose up his seal. And he's ready like a warrior when the people are shouting for him. So this is the reason. The more you put God higher and higher, the more you put something, maybe this one, if it drops on your head right here, maybe it's still okay. But if you lift this higher and higher, the higher it drops, the greater energy, the more powerful it hits you. So when we lift God higher and higher, that's the more power that will happen in your life. So God wants us to learn. Okay, church, maybe this is new, but it's in the Word of God. Let's have an open heart to give to God. Let's start by saying, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Start with your songs, with your singing. And in the house of God, let us praise Him. So remember, it's only by God's great power that we can build the house of God. And let's do it together. Let's do our part and God will do his part. Blessed are the people who knows the joyful shout. Just like when you have weapons, the most deadliest weapon is nuclear, right? And it's boom. Just like this is the sacrifices of shout is that big of a weapon that God has given us. Let's seek his face more. Let's do sacrifices of shout. Starting with our heart. And in that way, God will build his strength. Let's have the musicians to come forward. And let, let us all stand up together. We'll worship him and say, Jesus, you are our beautiful Savior. Let's lift up our voice. Let's sing to him with our whole heart. And lift him up, and he will do his part. He will save us by his great power. <laughs>